0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see.
1: Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and tonight I'm here with Denise Renner and Joel Renner and you. And Jesus promised that if two or three of us were gathered together in his name, he would be with us too. And it's amazing. Jesus never said we had to be in the same room. He just said you had to be together. Well, here we are, you are. And according to Jesus, He is right in the middle with us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about tonight. And actually, I'm teaching my entire book by the same title The Holy Spirit and You Working Together is Heaven's Dynamic Duo. The back of the book says, There's nothing more miserable and defeating than to be a Christian without really knowing the joy and power of the Holy Spirit. And this book is designed to lead people like you into a new place in God that's been waiting for you to find for a long, long time. So please order yours. This would be a great gift for you to get for anybody who's asking questions about the Holy Spirit. But Joel,
0: welcome to Home Group. Thank you. It's so good to be with you both. So good to study the Bible together. But if you need prayer, we are here to pray for you. Just call us at 1-800-742-5593 or email us at prayerrunner.org. We really believe in the power of prayer. And miracles can happen in your life. It really is the truth. Hey, Denise.
2: Hi, Rick and Home Group. I love you. I am so glad we're together. We're having the best time talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about Him, listening about Him. I just love these lessons. And
1: just before we started home group tonight, we were just sitting here, the three of us, talking about how wonderful it is to know the power and to know the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is how to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, Denise... If we've been able to do anything in life, it's because we've been led. You know, when I was a kid, we played follow the leader. Did you guys play follow the leader? Mm-hmm. We played follow the leader in our house, and I really didn't like the game because my older sister Rhonda always designated herself
2: as the leader.
1: As the leader and, Lori <laughs> and I had to follow the leader. And usually Rhonda said, "Let's play the said let's play Follow the leader when it's time to clean the house. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'm the leader. You have to do what I say. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. But the truth is, when you play follow the leader, you do what the leader says. And really, when we talk about being led by the Holy Spirit, He is the leader. Our job is simply to do what the leader says. And if we'll follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, We will see amazing, wonderful things take place. But let's go back to John chapter 14 where we started last night and where we left off last night. And in John 14 verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and He will give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. And we've seen that that word comforter is the Greek word parakletos, which can be translated as the word coach. Just like Jesus had been a coach physically for three and a half years, He said when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll be a coach to you. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you what to say. He may tell you what not to do. He may tell you when to be quiet, but if you'll listen to Him and let Him be the leader, He will correctly lead you. And when you look at the life of Jesus, you find that even Jesus was dependent upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit. For example, in John 5, 19, Jesus said, I don't do anything by myself. I only do what I see the Father doing. Well, no wonder Jesus had 100% success rate, Denise. He initiated nothing by himself. He only did what he was led to do. And I want to give two examples tonight of when he was not led to do something and when he was led to do something. Sometimes the leading of the Holy Spirit is to do nothing. That can be a leading. Especially when you want to do something and you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to put on the brakes. Maybe you don't know why. You just know that you're being led not to move, not to take action. Well, an example of this can be found in Matthew chapter 9, a really odd verse. Matthew chapter 9, let's look at it. And we're going to begin in verse 27. And it says, When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him. Now stop. How do blind men follow you? They're blind. And the word followed here means to tirelessly follow. They were like stuck to Jesus. For them to follow Jesus, they had to really want to follow Jesus because they were blind men. And these blind men were saying, where is he? Where is he? We got to figure out where he is. These blind men are groping along trying to follow after Jesus, sticking right by his side as much as they can. And as they're following him, the Bible says, crying and saying. The word crying, the Greek word krodzo, means to yell, to shriek, or to scream, which means Jesus could not have missed them. These blind men, two of them, groping along, saying, can somebody tell us where is this guy? We're going to follow this guy. Which way is he going? Following and following, tirelessly following two blind men, they have to be pretty determined, yelling and screaming. And the Bible says saying, in Greek, it's legonte, saying and saying and saying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. When you understand the Greek tense, it really means they were saying and saying and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. Did you hear us? We said, have mercy on us. Legonte, saying and saying, have mercy on us. Do you hear us? They're yelling and screaming as they're groping along behind him, two blind men. (laughs) It was impossible that Jesus did not hear them. Now, here's what perplexed me. Jesus just let them scream. Jesus never responded to them. That's amazing to me. And in fact, Jesus was going from one city all the way to another city. The blind men followed him all the way to the next city. And the whole way, they're screaming and saying and saying and saying, hey, we're not going to stop until you have mercy on us, have mercy on us, have mercy on us, yelling and screaming. And Jesus never even spoke to them. Jesus went all the way to the next city, went into a house. And the Bible says the blind men were so persistent, Jesus finally came out of the house. Look at it. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, Now listen to what he said. According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. Now what is amazing about that? is that Jesus did not initiate the miracle. You know why? Because He didn't do anything. He said that. In John 5, 19, in the Living Bible, it says, The Son can do nothing by Himself. He only does what He sees the Father doing. If Jesus didn't see the Father doing it, Jesus didn't do it. In this particular case, Jesus felt no leading or He would have done it. Of course, He was always healing. But for some reason, which the Bible doesn't tell us, in this particular case, Jesus didn't sense the leading to do anything. So he said to the blind men, do you believe this can really happen? They said yes. He touched them and what did he say? According to your faith being unto you. It was the equivalent of saying, hey guys, you're going to have to get this one with your faith. I
0: don't feel a leading to do anything. But you can get it if you'll take it with your faith. Joel? My translation says, uh, They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then the Lord touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen.
1: They had to take it on their faith because Jesus didn't feel a leading to do anything. Now, I can just tell you honestly, I believe in healing, I believe it's God's will to heal everybody. But there have been moments in my own life, which is why I understand this, when I have felt led not to pray for someone's healing. And sometimes it's because they have deeper issues that have to be settled before they're healed. Maybe they have an issue of unbelief. Maybe there's a root of unforgiveness or bitterness on the inside of them that will prevent them from being healed. Maybe they're not ready to be healed. You know, some people really embrace their infirmity and their sickness. It becomes their identity. That's why Jesus said to the man who was lame at the pool of Bethesda, are you sure I want you to, you you really want this healing? Sometimes there's not a leading to pray. And I've had moments when I've just said to people, you know what? You're going to have to get this one on your own because I don't feel the anointing or the unction to act. I think that's amazing. But when you go to Luke 5 verse 17, we have another example. And Luke 5 17 says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. This case was different. Jesus began a healing. You know why? because he sensed the power of the Lord was present. So he acted. But what you find in these two cases is Jesus doesn't move unless he sends an unction or a leading to do so. And that's why Jesus had a 100% success rate. He only acted when he was anointed
0: and led. That, that, that requires a lot of listening. It requires a lot of listening to get it right.
1: A lot of sensitivity. Yeah. But we have to be sensitive. But that leads us to Romans 8, verse 14. So go there. Romans 8, verse 14, where the Bible says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Greek structure is different. It reverses it. It says, as many as by the Spirit of God puts the Holy Spirit at the first of the verse. As many as by the Spirit of God are being led. It puts him out front like the leader and we are the tagalongs behind him. As many as by the Spirit of God are being led. And the word led, Denise, Joel, it's the Greek word ago, which really carries two important meanings. First of all, the word ago was an agricultural term which meant to wrap a rope around the neck of an animal and to pull on the rope gently and lead that animal. And the animal, because it had been led from the time that it was small, had been trained to follow. Isn't that powerful? Mm -hmm. So the animal didn't buck, didn't resist. It had been trained to follow. When it felt that tug, it followed its master. Mm -hmm. And here we find the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And usually he's not going to lead us with lightning bolts from heaven. It's going to be a gentle tug. It's going to be a pull on our heart. And that's, Joel, what you said was so important. It takes a lot of listening. We have to train ourselves to hear because very often the leading of the Holy Spirit is very gentle. You can even miss it if you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. But the second thing that's important is the word ago, which means to be led, shares the same root with the Greek word agon, which is the word for a wrestling match. And what we find is when the Holy Spirit leads us, sometimes it's a wrestle for us. Because we know in our heart we're supposed to do something, but our head says, no way, no way, this, this cannot be right. But yet our heart's being tugged to take action, and our mind says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And we're thrown into a conflict between our heart and our head. Our heart's saying, move, do it obey. Our head says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But if you will submit your will to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you'll see the power of God. Jesus himself had this when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says that Jesus said, God, is there any other way if it possibly be your will, let this cup pass from me. He knew he was being led to the cross. But his mind was saying, how can this possibly be right? And the Gospels tell us three times Jesus said, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, yet not my will, yet not my will, yet not my will. It was a struggle between his will and what he knew was the leading of the Holy Spirit was just to lead him to the cross. Thank God that Jesus won that battle in the garden of Gethsemane and he allowed himself to be led. And because he was led, he died for us. He experienced the resurrection power of God, gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it was because he was led. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. We have to submit our mind to his leading. We have to learn how to trust when He leads us and to recognize when He's tugging on our hearts to do something. Now, I'm going to use Denise as an example. Of course, we've been married for four decades and I've seen Denise so many times listen to the small tug, the voice of the Holy Spirit in her heart, the leading of the Spirit. When we've checked into hotels, we go to the elevator to get on the elevator to go to our room. I've heard Denise say, I'll be back in just a moment. And I already know what she's going to do. She feels something in her heart telling her to speak to the person at the registration desk. I go to my room. Denise comes back later. I'll say, well, tell me what happened. Well, sweetheart, the Holy Spirit told me that person was really going through a hard time. I just had to tell them what I heard. When Denise opens her heart and begins to share, they open their heart and begin to share. It is amazing the results when you're led by the Holy Spirit. I remember one time many, many years ago, we were in the grocery store. And there was a woman who looked very unpleasant, very angry. She even said some ugly things. We were in the vegetable aisle, and I'm pushing the cart on down the aisle when to get away from this woman. And Denise says, honey... I have a word for that woman." I said, oh brother, for that woman? Denise went to that woman and that woman said, how did you know? How did you know what I'm going through? And she got saved right in the vegetable aisle in the grocery store. We've had it happen with waiters, with waitresses, simply because we follow that tug in our hearts. Just a tug, Denise.
2: You know there is Rick was talking about agon that there is some an agony to obey the Lord sometimes and not very long ago I was in church and and praise and worship was going on and the Holy Spirit said to me that He wanted to lengthen somebody's leg and that they would feel the the presence of God on them like fire and I was like Lord this, Lord, you were lengthening legs of 20 years ago. I haven't heard about any lengthening of legs lately, but I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And I went up there and I gave that word. Well, on the platform, there was a woman and she had had a birth defect and uh, one of her legs was shorter than the other. And it and the Holy Spirit did exactly what he said he was going to do. He came on her, and her her leg, her hip became hot, and God lengthened her leg. And she told me that when she got home, that she put her legs out, you know, to check them. And they were both the same length. And that woman, and I can see it on videos now because she's on the stage a lot, um, that Years ago, she would kind of stand with one leg out because she couldn't stand like this. She had to stand like this. And now she just stands so straight. And And you say, well, that's not a very big deal. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. The Holy Spirit cares about things that we think aren't a very big deal. She could have died and gone to heaven with one leg longer than the other, Of course she could. But the Holy Spirit, he cares about so many tiny things that seem tiny to others. It was probably a big deal to her. And he wants to bring solution. And he wants to bring healing. And he wants to bring his presence. And he wants to bring his power.
1: But sometimes the leading of the Holy Spirit is to do nothing. Yeah. You know, when you really want to do something. For example, I'm sure Jesus really wanted to pray for those blind guys. Yeah. I mean, that would be a natural desire, but he did not feel an unction. And when you study the book Mm -hmm. of Acts, there was one time when the Apostle Paul wanted to go somewhere, really wanted to go somewhere. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit constrained him and would not let him.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that took real trust. That's true. Because he really wanted to go there and thought he was supposed to go there. And the book of Acts never tells us why the Holy Spirit didn't want him to go but there was something waiting for him that was going to be foul and the Holy Spirit knew that and stopped him and that's why we don't know what was waiting for him. We've had moments in our life when we wanted to do something and the Holy Spirit has said, no, I'm not leading you to do that. It's a good idea. Other people have done it, but I'm not telling you to do that. Just sit still and wow, later... We found out (laughs) it was a good thing. We didn't do what we wanted to do. And I've honestly had moments when the Holy Spirit did tell me to do something. Didn't make sense, so I didn't do it. And I later really regretted that I hadn't done it because the opportunity went to somebody else. And when I saw somebody else doing something marvelous, it was such a rebuke to me. I was glad for them, but I was rebuked Because the Holy
0: Spirit had told me to do it. Joel? Mm. I can just hear someone sitting at home and they're asking, I don't hear anything. Why don't I hear anything? What, What would be the answer to them? How do you hear something? Yes or no or do nothing or do something? You know what, Joel? We're all hearing the Holy Spirit. He's so faithful. Sometimes people say,
1: well, God didn't speak to me. Yes, He did. He's speaking to you all the time. But you have to have ears to hear. Jesus said that. Six times in the Gospels, he who has ears to hear. In Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, seven times. He said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. You have to learn how to listen. And the thing is, most people expect it's going to be a thunderbolt or a clap, you know, big thunder from heaven. No, 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 no. Usually the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's like the word algo. It's a tender pull on your heart. Come on, come on, call somebody. Suddenly you have a thought you need to call somebody. Don't dismiss that thought. That may be the Holy Spirit telling you to reach out to somebody. Check on somebody. You may just say, oh, that's just me. No, it's probably not. That's the way the Holy Spirit leads. You have to learn to be sensitive to get it. Denise?
2: Well, Joel, I'm thinking about you and um, because in Joel, it says that young men are going to see, have dreams and have visions and you have dreams sometimes. And and when God gives you that dream and he does a dream often. And so when he dreams, it's 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 a prophetic dream. And when he gets that dream, he prays for that person. He prays against the evil that happened in that dream. That's the Holy Spirit. He's He wants to use anybody. He wants to get salvation, healing, protection to anybody. He'll use us in our sleep.
1: Even. Now, now, the primary way he leads us is through the Bible. Yes. The Bible gives us most of what we are to do. But there's a lot of things in the Bible, in life, that the Bible doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us when to take a vacation doesn't tell us who to marry, doesn't tell us where to invest our money. And so generally we are led by the scripture, but specifically we have to learn to hear the tug of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. When to act
0: and when not to act. Joel? I'm remembering a story when we lived in Riga. There was this old grandmother who had a cow or some kind of animal. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they, she would, every morning she would get this cow out of wherever this cow was staying in the middle she of the city. She would lead the cow. And she would tug the cow and put a stake in the ground and come back that evening and go get that cow. And I often you know, thought to myself, think to myself, you know, if, if you want to feel the person leading you, you know, that cow can pull the rope one direction and he'll feel the leading the other direction. And if you veer off track, the Holy Spirit will be faithful to pull you back on track. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also very big encouragement.
1: And there was something else about the woman with that cow. When she led that cow to a place, that cow didn't move until she came back to lead the cow differently in the evening. When the Holy Spirit leads you somewhere, don't move until he leads you again, but
0: we're out of time. We'll be back tomorrow night, sleep Mm -hmm. well, bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like and comment so more people can see it.